I have been preaching this for the last several services. I've been, oh, there it is. I was wondering where it was. Yes. Yes. I've been preaching this for the last several services. And it has become evident to me that it has to be reinstated in religion because religion has lost its way in many forms. I didn't say the church, I said religion. It has lost its way in many forms. And you've got so many varying theological opinions that it causes the Christian body to be confused. Who's telling the truth? Well, I'm going to side with this one and I'm going to believe that one and I'm going to trust this one. But the bottom line is, you can't put your trust in any man. You've got to put your trust in the solidity of the word of God. You have to, you have to. Because people's opinions based on spiritual things will lead you to believe that they're right because they're popular. Popularity doesn't mean that you're right. The scriptures have got to be searched and they have got to be understood. You've got to understand not just the content, but the context of it. You've got to understand what it's saying, why it's saying it, who said it, when it was said, and you've got to put it all together so this way you can have a great understanding, comprehensive understanding of the word so that you're not trying to live by some archaic mode, but you can understand the principles and apply the practice. What happened in the Old Testament was, it was symbolic. It was, it was to give us the principles while they had specific other practices. They, 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 they had uh, sacrifices. They, they, they had the shoe bread. They, they had the turtle doves. They had the, the sheep. They had, they had the practice that instituted the principle. But then as we came into the New Testament, the practice changed, but the principle remained the same. We don't do shoe bread, we don't do the goats, and we don't do the sheep, and we don't do the oxen. For Jesus was all of that on the cross. I'm trying to teach right now, maybe I should just preach. But Jesus was that scapegoat on the cross. Jesus was that ceremonial lamb on the cross. I don't hear anybody. Jesus was the offering that was offered up on the cross. He took away the practice by becoming the practice and left us with the principle. Then he said, now what you got to do is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your strength and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself and you've kept all the commandments. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law, but he left the practice. I'm going to say, I'm sorry, he left the principle. He fulfilled the law, and he left the principle. We think because he did all of that on the cross that we are not held accountable to fulfill the principle. And the erroneous teachings of some has, come, has polluted the minds of so many Christians that Jesus died on the cross and there is no more sin. Uh-uh. No, there is still some more sin. Because man was born in sin, shaven in iniquity, and man has a sinful nature. Well, you have a new nature in Christ. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. I know if you stay in line with his will. I don't hear anybody. If you stay in line with his will, 
You are that new creation. That new creation is supposed to be changed in the spirit of your mind, the renewing of your mind, so that you don't go back into the practices of sin and live the godly principles of holiness. We, religion has given us to search for loopholes. To search for loopholes and to, to search for, for, for entrances into behaviors that God saved us. He died to deliver us from. But we want to incorporate some old practices back into our new life. And you cannot do it. Hear me, and I know that this is very, 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 really um, uh, uh, trying. This, this is what I'm, what I'm preaching is trying because there are so many Christians that would hear me preaching this and say, Donnie, you're being too legalistic. Donnie, you're being too legalistic. But no, I, 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 it's not legalism. It's about living this thing rightly. Well, I'm saved and I drink. Well, uh, then you got to throw away some scriptures. You got to throw away some scriptures. Now, I want the people watching to notice how quiet it got in the room. You've got to throw away some scriptures in Proverbs. Amen. You got to throw away the principles that God has set in place. We don't do what the world does. Peter said that they think it's strange because we don't run with them as we used to run with them. We don't do what God delivered us from. Amen. We don't do what God has delivered us from, but we have to be the example of a believer. I don't hear anybody. Paul told Timothy, he said, Yo, don't let anybody despise your youth, but be an example of what a believer should live like. He said, in your conversation, that word conversation in the Old Testament, and I'm sorry, in the King James Version, that word conversation does not mean your verbiage. It means your lifestyle. He said, so be an example of a believer in your lifestyle. In your lifestyle. In your lifestyle. Don't try to bring something in your lifestyle that God has died to free you from. Y'all want me to come down here? Is it more personal if I come down here? Because I want you to understand this. It is not about prohibitions. It's not about God taking away our pleasures. It's about God giving us what abundant life is really about. Abundant life is free, clean, wholesome, whole, holy. I don't hear anybody. Abundant living. In the book of 1 Peter, thank you, man. In the book of 1 Peter, Fourth chapter, the 12th verse. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning fiery trials, which are to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Come on. But rejoice for as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. We are going to be put under scrutiny because of our belief. Those that live godly must suffer persecution. We are going to be ridiculed because of belief. Now ridicule, I think uh, 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 our problem is we thought that the ridicule was going to come from the world. But the ridicule in the 21st century is coming from religion. 
No, no, no. Listen to me. Religion is the thing that is ridiculing holiness as though it's some kind of antiquated way that was, uh, that was bondage and now we're free to do whatever we want to do to live sloppily and to do whatever our heart tells us we can do and say you can't judge me because God knows my heart religion does not free you the relationship with God does not free you to sin Christians going out and ministering inebriated. No, 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 no. Come on. Let's not act like we don't know. Let's not act like it's something amazing. Christians taking a hit before they go out to minister. Minister the house down and then go back and get another hit. Drunken and, and, and people saying it's okay. It is not okay. Smoking herb before they go out and preach and sing. And say it's okay. Getting a puff before you come into church and think it's okay. Come on now. We have got to make a difference between the clean and the unclean. There has to be a difference. There has to be a difference. And the reason why people don't trust the church is because the church has let down the standard. The sinner doesn't want you to let down the standard. The sinner wants the church to be the church. So this way they'll have a place to go when it's time for them to make up their mind. They'll be able to come to a place of holiness. I don't hear anybody. To be able to come to a place of holiness and find the truth of God. They're already tired of living like they're living. They're not coming in here to find us living like them. Say what you want to say, but the truth of the matter is we have incorporated too much of worldliness and carnality into our Christian living. And I can't even call it Christian living because Christ didn't live like that. It is not Christian. It's not Christian. Christ did not live like that. Christ stayed away from sin. He was tempted in all points just like we were, but he did not sin. That's because he was God. No, that's because he had the Holy Ghost. You better hear what I'm saying. He had the Holy Ghost. And he kept himself from sin. It wasn't he even uses godly powers not to sin. Every temptation tempted him the same way it tempts us. Is that what the Bible said? He was tempted in all points. Tempted in all points. Hallelujah. So he can, he's not a God that can't be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He's not aloof from what we feel because he had to feel the same thing. Amen. But he did not yield to sin. From the time that Satan tempted him in the wilderness to the time when he left this earth and went into glory, he remained clean. He went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to purge this flesh. Because in holiness, you got to kill this flesh. Yes. What we call fasting is just a diet. But he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights so that he could bring this flesh into subjection. I don't hear anybody here. I don't hear you here. 
Glory to God. After his baptism, he went on a consecration. And the spirit led him into the wilderness. And 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and prayed. Jesus fasted and prayed. Why would he have to pray? He's God. Understand this. He was 100% man. He came through a virgin's womb. He took on flesh. He was a human being with a heartbeat, with organs. He was a man with body, soul, and spirit. He left heaven and came through a spermazoa, through a woman, into this earth. Let's make this plain. Let's get, that, let's get this straight. Well, he was God. No, he was man. He would ask the question, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Hallelujah. And the reason why he did not sin was to prove that you could resist sin. Oh, y'all just patty kicking. He proved that you could resist sin. Just because it tempts you don't mean you got to yield. Amen. Amen. He did this as an example and denied himself. Holy, holy God, holy God. And he demands that we do the same. He demands that we do the same. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 24, he said, if any man wants to come after me, not just know about me, but if you want to come after me, not just hear about me, not just use my name, but if you want to walk with me, if any man would come after me, the first thing that he's got to do is deny himself. You've got to deny, hear me all the viewers, hear me everybody in this house, you've got to deny what you want. You've got to deny what you do. You have got to get out of the cycle of yielding to what you are involved in that is against God. You have got to learn how to make yourself uncomfortable making God happy. Oh, y'all don't hear me. God doesn't care about how you feel. He cares about how you love. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I don't hear anybody. God doesn't care about how you feel. He cares about how you love. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And you'll find that my commandments are not grievous. God help me. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, first thing he got to do is deny himself. Well, I feel sexual. Deny yourself. If you don't have a wife or a husband, 
Deny yourself. But that's not natural. Deny yourself. If it's not natural, I know it's supernatural. Deny yourself. If I could drop this mic, I would. Pastor, you're not preaching real. That's not real. That's not. It is real. What is not real is sin. Sin is not a real way to live life. Sin is not a real way to please God. Sin is not real. What is real is holiness. Without which no man should see God. I don't hear anybody. Hallelujah. Amen. There are times when we get out of, out of, the, out of the pocket, out of the pocket. And our human nature wants to drive us to something carnal. And that's when you got to make a decision. Do I fulfill this flesh? Or do I deny this flesh so that God can be pleased? Again, people that are watching, notice how the claps are very sparse. Well, everybody else is looking at me like, what? I don't believe he's talking about sex. Yeah. Yeah. That's what God made a wife for. That's what God made a husband for. But if you ain't got now one of them. I know single people. I got you. That's why you ain't clapping for me. I understand. But if you ain't got now one of them. Then you got to deny. Yourself. You know what yourself is. Somebody say holiness. It is the truth. Amen. In holiness, there's, there's a standard. We don't lie. The Bible said that God desires truth on the inward parts. Because only that which is in you is going to come out of you. And if truth is in you, truth's going to come out of you. But if a lie is in you, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Am I getting through to anybody here? We've got to, we, uh, uh, my, my time is up, my time is up. But we have got to get back to really defining what holiness is. The world is disappointed in the church. The world is disappointed in the church. Amen. It's, it's disappointed because they want us to be righteous. They want us to be holy. Amen. In the parking lot, this guy came up and said, hey, man, you that gospel singer? I said, yeah. He said, I don't even listen to gospel or go to church, but, you know, I, I like your music. I said, well, listen, come to the church. Come, come to the church. Yeah, yesterday was really evangelistic. It really was. It is our, it's our lifestyle that causes people to gravitate to Christ or to repel them away from Christ. He said, if anyone comes after me, deny yourself. First thing is deny yourself. Second thing is to pick up your cross. 
What did, no, don't get to the follow yet. Let's stop. See, if you want to get to the and follow me, no. The cross is pain. That's why you want to skip over the cross. The first thing is to deny yourself. Second thing, no. Second thing is to pick up your cross. Understand this. He's speaking about a cross before he goes to a cross. And the people he's speaking to have no clue about the cross to come. Nobody knows that he's about to hang on a cross. They're following him because he is messianic and they think he's, he's a ruler that's going to kick the Romans out and he's going to establish a kingdom. It's amazing why people follow Jesus. Some people follow him for the prestige. Some people follow him for the money. Judas, James, John. Judas followed him for the money. James, John followed him for the prestige. Amen. They followed him thinking that this is the new guy. He's going to establish a kingdom and we're going to be his henchmen. We'll be his noblemen. And all those three years, he taught them and taught them and told them, no, no, I'm, you, you have no idea who you're going to be. You're going to be disciples that become leaders and establish righteousness around the world. You're going to break through the religious code where it says only a specific sect of people are God's people. And you're going to establish this righteousness to every man, to the Jew and the Greek. You're going to take it into areas where it has not been preached. Hallelujah. You're going to preach it in Judea. You're going to preach it in Jerusalem. You're going to preach it in Judea. You're going to preach it even in Samaria, a religious place that believes, that we believe has no part with God. They're a different religious sect. But you're going to preach this gospel even to them in Samaria with no prejudice or bias. You're going to teach them what holiness is and righteousness. Hallelujah. And you're going to take it to the utmost parts of the world. And you're going to live holy. You're going to follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So in order to do that, you've got to pick up a cross. Why? Because in order to deny yourself, you've got to crucify yourself. Because if you leave yourself on its own, it's going to, re it's going to reanimate. It's going to, it's going to kick in again. It's going to lead you off again. It's going to cause you to fall again. So not just denying yourself ain't good enough. You've got to crucify your flesh. Amen. Pick up your cross. Get ready to carry the burden of it. Crucify your flesh every day. You know when your desires come up to lie. You know when your desires come up to do wrong. You know when your desires well up in you. Crucify it. Don't let it live. Don't let it live. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. 
And after you crucify yourself, get ready to follow me. And when you follow him, it's a hard follow. It ain't no easy road. It's, yea, though I walk. That, that, that's following. Yea, though I walk. <laughs> and you find him in the follow. Because he never leaves you, but he takes you down some, some paths. Yea, though I walk through the valley. And under the shadow of death. Where's the light? It's on the mountaintop. But holiness brings us into a valley sometimes. Because you can't get to the top of the mountain without going through a valley. The, mount, the mountain is at the base. Amen. I'm sorry, the valley is at the base of the mountain. So in order to get to the top, oh, glory to God, the top of the mountain. Before you get there, get ready for a path of righteousness. Get ready for a walk in holiness. Your enemies are there, sitting there waiting to destroy you. Your enemies are poised and ready. And God takes you right in their presence. God takes you right in. He doesn't take you on another route. He wants to show off in front of your enemies. He uses your enemies so that he can show that he blesses you while they're looking. He wants them in close proximity so that they can see how he takes care of his babies. I'm his baby boy. Hallelujah. And while they're laughing, while they're sharpening their, 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 their weapons, while their fangs are dripping, while they're waiting to pounce upon you, he prepares a table. That's why you can't run after what people say. You can't try to defend yourself. God is a defense all by himself. I don't hear nobody. God is a defense all by himself. You don't have to lift a finger. You don't have to raise your voice. All you got to do is stand still in holiness. Stand still in righteousness. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He's about to save you from your enemies in their presence. In their presence. That's why you don't care about who vlogs, who blogs. Don't care about who gossips. You don't care about who said what. Let them spread whatever rumor that they want to do. Because the bottom line is... He's prepared a table. He's prepared a table. You don't realize you're sitting in front of a banquet table. And your enemies can't eat. Somebody say holiness. When you live holy, he does that for you. Then in holiness, he anoints your head with oil in front of your enemies. 
He feeds you in front of your enemies, takes care and gives provision in front of your enemies, and then he anoints you in front of your enemies to prove that you are above their reproach, that they can't lay a finger or a word against you because God is greater than you. He's anointed you with an anointing that destroys yokes. And the yoke that the enemies had on you are broken in the valley because of holiness. The yokes that your enemies that are before you, that they put on you, he uses that time to destroy it. Why? The anointing of your head with oil, that oil, that anointing destroys the yoke means that you are free from their opinion, free from their assault, free from their pitfalls, free from their plans, free from their plots. You can look at your enemy and love them because you know that you've been elevated above them. In the valley, in holiness. I gotta stop here. Not only does he anoint my head, but he anoints me so much. He don't just put a dab like I did on the kids. He takes that whole oil, that horn of anointing, and that seal breaks, and that anointing flows. That, that, that oil overwhelms you. He saturates you so much that your cup doesn't fill up your cup runs over your cup runs over they don't understand how you made it your cup runs over they don't get how you got through it your cup ran over they don't get how you didn't succumb and fall your cup ran over they don't understand how you made it this far God is on your side in the valley because of holiness your cup runs over in the presence of your I gotta stop notice how the blessings are happening in the valley the blessings don't stop in the valley the blessings multiply in the valley Hallelujah. Because when you're at the green pastures, your cup wasn't run over. When you're at the still waters, there was no banquet table. But when you're in the valley, God wants to prove that I will take care of you in the worst situations. In your worst time, I will treat you like a king. I will give you a banquet like a king in the shadow of death. Your cup runs over. I'm telling you, I know what it is for your cup to run over. My cup ran over and is running over. And then as I'm trying to get a hold of this overwhelming blessing, I turn around and goodness, mercy. A banquet, a banquet, oil, cup running over, and then I got goodness and mercy. While I'm following him, goodness and mercy is following me.
That's all about shock. That's what holiness does. Hallelujah. Holiness surrounds you. This is how I fight my battle. Hey, this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how. This is how I fight my battle. Come on. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how. This is how I fight. This is how. This is how. table oil cup running over goodness and mercy I'm surrounded my enemy thought they surrounded me but I'm really surrounded by God I hope I'm making this work my enemy thought that they surrounded me when my enemy the wicked my enemy my foe tried to surround me they found out that I'm already surrounded look at somebody say I'm already surrounded can't get to me it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded say
<laughs> God's got you. God's got you. God's got you. Somebody scream. Somebody scream. We got to go. We got to go. Holiness gives you the privilege of God's security. It may look like, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded by you. I'm surrounded by you. Everybody say. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You got to raise your voice and sing it. Somebody say one more time. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Sickness trying to come on me. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. How many tries to come on me? preaching holiness until we unashamedly live it. 
Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with living holy. Ain't nothing wrong with living holy. Y'all hear what I say? Ain't nothing wrong with righteousness. Oh, you, you know, you just, you just trying to do too much. You don't take all that. Oh, yeah, do. Takes all that and a lot more. And God give me grace. Grace. Somebody holler grace. Somebody holler grace. Because I can't do this without grace. It's only done by grace. So if there's anybody here that says, I want to give my life to the Lord and I want to live holy. Holiness is a lifestyle. There's anybody here that says, hey, Pastor Donnie, I, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to live holy. I, I want to get out of this mess. I want to get out of this mess, man. My life is just jacked. I, I want freedom from this mess, from this sin. If that is you at the count of three, raise your hand and we will pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you're here, if you want to be free from sin. Amen. There's one hand back there. Praise God. Ministers. 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 Y'all know there's a meet another meeting coming. Amen. Just pray with her right there. Pray with her right there. Pray with her right there. Hallelujah. Ministers, I want you to be on point. When you see a hand go up, it's immediate. You should be fighting over who's going to go pray for you. Amen. Because souls are important. While you're sitting back waiting for me to assign, that soul has raised their hand. It is time for us to be proactive. And the heart of those that want Jesus Christ are more important. And you've got to make sure that you respond. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else in the house that says, please pray for me because my life is kind of messed up and I need some help. I want Jesus in my life. If that's you, raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Raise that hand up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for those of you that are watching, as we pray for our sister, as we pray with our sister, for those of you that are watching, and if you want to give your life to the Lord, well, this is the prime time to do it. Holiness is right, and Jesus is holy. And the Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. So we have to be holy like God. Well, I can't. I'm human. Humanity is not an excuse for failure. Humanity is an excuse to live like God. Because the only thing second to deity is humanity. Humanity was made in the image and the likeness of God. But carnality is the problem in humanity, not humanity itself. Carnality is the problem that messes up humanity. But humanity in its true form is like God. We were made in his image and in his likeness. Humans were made in God's image and God's likeness. And it is the humanity of man that causes us to search after the deity of God. He is sovereign. And if we want to find the true fullness of humanity, it is by God, in God, through God. Amen. So for everyone.